amazing day that we've had, we're having today. We thank you for watching over your word in us. We thank you for the opportunity to intercede for others. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to just bless your name with song. Father, now as we come to your word, we ask that it will fall into the good soil of our heart, that it will gain great root, and that we will apply it to our lives, that our lives will be transformed. We thank you and honor you this day for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, we are back on better. And better this time, we want to talk about Abraham and Isaac. Just a little background. Abraham was chilling one day at the family establishment. No. And he heard this voice, and this voice said, if you are willing to leave your family, I'm going to take you somewhere, and I'm going to make you... I'm going to make your name greater than what it is now. I am going to establish you in such a way that folks will know that I and you are working together. So Abraham thought about it and he decided, you know what, I think that's what I'm going to do. So the Bible says that Abraham left his mother, his father, loaded up the truck, and he didn't move to Beverly. He just moved to a place where God told him to move to. And Abraham began to do what God told him. And as he began to do what God told him, God would tell him more things that he would be able to do. One of the things that God told him, he said, listen, I see you don't have any children in you. Kind of old, but you're going to have a son. Abraham chuckled and said, Okay, God. As time went on, he still didn't have no son. God comes and visits him again and says, It ain't changed. You still going to have a son. And he's like, Dude, I am really old. How am I going to have a son? This time his wife Sarah heard, and she bust out laughing. She said, will this old man be able to produce a son? And guess what happened? They had a son. And so now we've come to where we're going to be today. Genesis, the 22nd chapter, the first through the 14th verses. Additional scriptures for you for this week are Proverbs 24 and 10. John 3, 16. And John 15, 13. Again. 
Genesis 22, 1 through 14. Proverbs 24, 10. John 3, 16. John 15, 13. And so, we have Isaac, the promise. Has anybody ever promised you anything? And when they promise it to you, don't you just kind of get excited? You start imagining. I remember when my dad promised me we were going to get swim bicycles. This is when I was, this is about 1892. I was about uh, five or six years old. <laughs> and uh, I know I look good for my age. You ain't got to tell me. And we had a swim bike shop in our city. And Daddy said, I'm going to get you one of those swim bicycles. Now, swim at the time was like the Cadillac of the bikes. So, you know, you wasn't going to just go to the grocery store and get no, no bicycles. You were going to get a swim bicycle. And I remember the day before, I, I couldn't sleep. I was just like, man, I'm getting my swim bicycle. Get down to the place and... Dad said, go look at the bicycles, and got my bicycle. And then I realized, you know, it was more exciting to me to imagine getting the bicycle than when I got it. Now, I was happy to have it, but I was just more excited working up to the process. Sometimes I find myself more excited than the about the promise than I am about the promise in, itself. And so, as we look at what's going on here, we see that the first verse says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, let me mess with this just for a quick moment. God just said, I know this is your only son. Now, God's saying, I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. Now, this, in our, through our perspective, we're like, I don't, I don't get this. But see, in that day, they did this. They they offered their children to the gods. They would throw them in the fire and burn them up. They would uh, stab them with a knife and, and use the blood in order to worship God. So this is really not out of the ordinary of what happens at the time. However, this don't seem, God had not been acting like this previously, so now we, we, we got something going on, but he said, in the third verse, it says, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. These young men were his servants, and Isaac. And then they went and they cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Three days later, Abraham could see the place far off. 
Abraham said to his young men, y'all stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Now, the underlying theme that I want to deal with today is this. Faith. Abraham, remember, he was with his family. God says, if you go with me, I will make you great. God didn't have no contract from the sign. He just said, go. Abraham went. He trusted God. He believed what God said was true, and he did what God asked him to do. And God was blessing him because he was faithful to what God was doing. So if we go up two more, two or three more scriptures, we see that God told him to sacrifice his son, but Abraham tells them that the boy and I will be back. Y'all catch that? But wait a minute, if you're going to sacrifice your son, how are you and him coming back? Because Abraham was so confident in God, he said, you gave me this promise. If I go through this process of sacrificing him, you're going to do something. Something's got to happen. Because this is the promise that you made to me. I cannot be the father of many nations if I don't have no son. So he says, we'll come back in a bit. And says, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he put it on Isaac, his son. Quick little note right there. If we were to go hundreds of years beyond this, we will see someone else whose only son had wood laid across him as he began to be a sacrifice. We'll get back to that in a minute. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, hey pops. And he said, here I am my son. They just, they just having a little conversation. He says, I see we got the fire. I see we got the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they kept on going together. Now, note this. Isaac sees the process. Abraham is looking at the situation. Isaac knows when we do a burnt offering, we have a lamb, we do this. That's the process. This is the process that we have to go through. Abraham's looking at the situation. God is testing me. I am going to prove, and God is going to raise my son back up, and I'm going to trust him even more. So Abraham's uh, vocabulary is different than Isaac because Isaac's like, the process is this, but this is, doesn't seem to be happening. But Abraham says the situation is God's going to do something up in this. God's going to do something. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there. So him and Isaac are gathering these stones and placing these stones and creating this altar. Laid the wood in order. And this is the most significant thing of this. And bound Isaac his son 
and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now, I want y'all to understand this. Isaac ain't no single-digit kid. He's a teenager. Y'all catch what I'm saying? Isaac could put the one-two on his dad, and it had been over with. Isaac was loved his dad and was so obedient to his dad, he let his dad tie him up. He let his dad lay him on the altar. And then it comes. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Notice it doesn't say that Isaac's saying anything. Isaac is laying there. And the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. And check this out. So you got Abraham standing over his son like this. And I, I, I want to go as far as to say that maybe a couple of tears was coming into his eyes. Because sometimes... We know God told us that something's going to happen. But when it gets to the close point, God, the foreclosure thing is going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, the situation is coming to a conclusion. I need a word now. Yeah, yeah. And he's in the middle of getting ready to go through this process. And then he hears Abraham, Abraham. I just think he was like, yeah, I am. Here I am. What's going on? Because you finished this. <laughs> Woo! Almost lost my baby. He says, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. If I could jump a couple years into the future. That same young man I was talking about carrying the wood just like Isaac carried the wood. The only son of a father went through the process. But the difference between this is Isaac wasn't perfect. Isaac had some issues. But the guy in the future was perfect. And he was willing to take on the sins of the entire world in order to fulfill what Isaac was an example of. A father's undying love for his people. Sons are precious. Sons allow us to perpetuate our name into future generations. Our sons become our legacy. I remember when my daughter was dating this one young man and she said, well, if we get married, you need to change your name to Pender because I don't want to change my name. <laughs> I happened to overhear it and she looked over there at me and I said, oh no, girl, you're changing your name. Now, the reason is, the process is that the male maintains the name of the family while the female becomes a part of another family to help that family to perpetuate its name. Mm -hmm. 
That's the way the process goes. Now, for us that are all about, you know, doing all, you know, dotting the T's and crossing the I's and all that other stuff, that's how it goes. But when we look at this, we see how his only son, 100 years old, I couldn't do this again. We couldn't have no another kid if we tried. And God wants me to give him up. We have to make sure that our focus remains on the one who promised and not on the promise itself. Remember what we were just talking about when we were talking about the stewardship, our offering. We were talking about how we can become a little bit misoriented when we focus on wealth instead of focusing on God's kingdom and his righteousness. When our focus is right, things happen correctly. But when our focus gets jacked up, guess what we get? Jacked up right along with it. He says, and Abraham looked up his eyes and looked and beheld him with a ram caught in the thicket by his own. Notice this. Abraham ain't see that ram. That ram was probably in that thicket the whole time, but he didn't see it. He was saying, if this is what I have to do to prove to God that I trust him wholeheartedly, this is what I got to do. He says, look over here. You can still do a sacrifice, but now the sacrifice is not of your son. It is of you acknowledging that I am the supreme focus of your life. Mm -hmm. hmm. So then it goes on and says, he called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. Mm -hmm. Y'all that's been around Christian folks for long, you, that's where you hear the Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. But are we willing to give up everything in order for him to provide for us in our situations? So we need to, we need to, Walk in the provision that God has given us, holding on to the promise, but never losing focus of who God is in our lives. How he is utilizing this promise to increase our faith. The Hebrew writer says, you know, of all the things that we could do, we can sing praises to God. We can magnify his name. We can, we can pray. But if we want to please God, we've got to have faith. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because we have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we have to get our minds right. Knowing that by faith, God is able to do what we seem to think is impossible. On Thursday night, we had a prayer time, and God laid on my heart Matthew, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark 11, 24. And Mark 11, 24 says simply this, have faith in God. Have confidence in and what God's word says, mm -hmm. 
is true and that it is going to happen the way that God said it's going to happen. I mean, even when it looks like it may not happen, we still have confidence it's going to happen. We know that God can make it happen because we have confidence it's going to happen. Like knowing that the next day you're going to go get your swim bicycle, but it's still the day before. Like knowing that if I hold on to God, that he is going to work this out no matter how it looks, left or right, up or down, it's going to work out. Because my trust is not on the situation. My trust is in the God of the situation. We got to grab hold of this. We got to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that our confidence in God will allow us to overcome anything that comes up against us. Sometimes our blessings can be manipulated to become our entanglements. But if we're willing to give up what we've been blessed with now and sacrifice it to God, he is able to show us greater things than what we see right now. Look at Abraham, his only son. You're going to be the father of many nations. You're going to have more children than there are stars in the sky and grains of sand on the seas. I only got this son. But you want me to sacrifice him. How, how is it? I'm going to trust you. The Bible says that Abraham, because of his desire to please God, to have confidence in God, and to know that God is going to work it out for his good, his faith in God, God made him put, said, Abraham's in right standing with me because of his faith. Because of his faith. God sees Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son of the promise as his greatest sign of devotion and love for the father. God then posts that in the annuals of history and years later has Jesus come and completely execute what the father of faith did many years prior. He brought it to completion when Jesus died. God sent his only son, but his only son went through the entire process. And then we look at the correlation between the two. We see that God and Abraham are the fathers. We see that Jesus and Isaac had to carry the wood for their own sacrifice. We see that both of them were laid upon and called upon by their fathers to give up their lives. And then this is the significant thing. Both sons were obedient to their fathers. 
Even Jesus said, I don't want to do this, but if that's what you need me to do, I'm willing to do it. Because Jesus had confidence. He had faith in the Father that if I do this part, you're going to do your part and bring me back into right relationship with you, which is to bring me back from the dead. That's why John was able to say, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. How many people would you be willing to lay your life down for? Now, we probably can, we probably can name 10 or 12 right now. But when the situation starts occurring, that number starts dwindling quickly. You say, well, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, you know, you start going through all this list. But when somebody's standing in front of you getting ready to say, okay, are you willing to die for this person? You start, hmm. When the reality starts hitting you, that's why it says no greater love than this than one who would lay down his life for a friend. When you think about whether God loves you or not, we can look at and make reference to the cross and say he loves us enough to sacrifice his greatest, his most precious in order to reconcile us back to himself. As we get ready to call this a day. I just want to point out that Abraham's confidence in God enabled him to become wealthy, enabled him to become powerful, enabled him to become everything that God said he would become. Because he trusted God. He had confidence in God. He knew that God was going to make it happen. Where is our faith? Where is our confidence? Where is our perseverance? Is it in ourselves and our own abilities? Or is it in the God who can make take the M off the impossible? and make it possible. He can take whatever situation we're going through and change it and work it for our good. And so the writer of Romans, as we get ready to go to the sticky note, the writer of Romans said that because we have become people of faith, we are now Abraham's seed. Because Abraham is the father of faith. Again, he came out from among his people in order to be. So, I want to leave y'all with this for today. We are children of that walk in and speak faith. I didn't feel like writing faith all the time, so that's why I put it on the end. We are children of faith. 
that walk in faith and we speak faith. We are children of faith, which means we come from a spiritual lineage of trust and confidence in God and what God can do in our lives. We talk about when the Bible uses the term walk in, that means having a intentionality, being intentional in how we conduct ourselves. So we intentionally have faith. When a situation arises, we intentionally trust God. We make it our very business to trust that God's word is going to be true. And then to top it off, we say what we believe. We don't just let it run around in our mind, but we begin to verbalize it. We begin to declare it. We begin to say I walk by faith and not by sight. The things that God can do are greater than the things that I can currently see. So we are children of that walk in and we speak faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when we please him, he begins to open up doors. He begins to maneuver situations. He begins to cause things to change for our benefit. So just like Abraham and Isaac, God and Jesus, Isaac and Jesus both had to have faith in their fathers that they were doing what was greater than what they saw. Mm -hmm. And it becomes an example for us to have confidence in God's word, that it is true and it is applicable to us today because we are children of that walk in and speak faith. Somebody say they help me. I appreciate your help. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and honor you. We thank you for an opportunity, God, to discuss something that pleases you. Father, we want to be children of faith. But we know in order for that to occur, there has to become a challenge to our confidence. Father, give us courage and strength now to not doubt, but to trust. To not waver, but have confidence. To not look away, but focus wholly on your word and the promises therein. We thank you that this word falls on the good soil of our hearts and it will gain great root. And that we will be children of faith, that walk in faith and speak faith in every situation. We thank you and honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.